0: The ministry of this congregation. You all are very special to me, and I'm thankful for you. Amen. Kids, you're probably wondering why I haven't dismissed you yet. Go ahead, you can be dismissed. (laughs) I thought it was a little loud in here. I'm just playing. Amen. They were sitting there hoping, Lord, please don't let us make us sit here. (laughs) (sighs) Praise God. Amen. Children are a blessing from God. Do you believe that? The Bible says they are an inheritance from the Lord. Do you believe that? Children are. An inheritance. Probably not what many of you thought you were going to get in the will. (laughs) But it's the scripture. And they are a heritage. They are an inheritance for us. And I'm thankful for them. Amen. Sometimes it's fun to see the world through the eyes of children. Because they see it differently than us. But they teach us things, too. Jesus said, unless you become like a child, the kingdom's not going to be for you. Amen. I want to uh, speak with the help of the Lord here today a little bit. And I feel like I'm just going to talk about the Lord in his scripture and his word. There's a lot that's said about him. There's a lot that's said about a lot of things, but a lot of it is actually said about him. And he wants us to know Him. He wants us to know who he is, what he's like. And uh, I've got quite a few scriptures. I'm going to go through them quickly. Um, if you can keep up, that's great. If not, hopefully the Lord will keep us all together. But um, Exodus 15:11. It says, Who is like unto thee, Lord? There's nobody like the Lord. Look at somebody and say, Nobody. nobody like Look at him again and say, nobody. nobody. There's nobody like the Lord. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? There's not even another God like him. Who is like thee, glorious? in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders. Everybody say wonders. He does wonders. Psalm 77, 11, it says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. To To do wonders means to do something and you don't know how he did it. You just almost wonder. You sit there and You think, I wonder how the Lord made that beautiful sunrise, or this scenery, or I wonder how He made this world and this experience that we get to have. It's wondrous. We've sung a a song that says, God of wonders beyond our galaxy. There is just so much that He's done that we can't even really comprehend but he is wondrous wonderful and he does those kinds of works psalm 78:12 says marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of egypt in the field of zoan marvelous things wonderful marvelous i could just sit here and try to describe try to figure out how great He's done these things. How in the world, Lord, do you do these things? Let me tell you just a quick story. This is, this is beyond uh, the scripture, but we were playing this game with the kids, and um, it's a word game, and you have to spin a little thing, and it lands on a letter or two, and you have to come up with a word that has those letters in it. And we spun it, and the first letter was you. We spun it again, and the second letter was I. And I start. the first word that came to my mind was juice. So I knew there was a word. But Noelle, my, my daughter who's 12, she says, there is not a word like that in the universe. Universe! <laughs> yeah, you got it. But God created this whole universe, including CELA, Washington, including this, bu- this room, this building that we're sitting in. It wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Lord and how awesome he is and how wonderful he is. One place he, he says, I alone created the world. I didn't have to go and get an architect to, to, to plan how I'm going to build this or how I'm going to do that. I did it, and I did it alone. Wonderful things, marvelous things. That's how he's worked. Another word you could use that I'll use for that is extraordinary, extraordinary. So there's ordinary, and then there's extraordinary. He's wonderful, His things that he does are marvelous. They are extraordinary. There's nobody else like him. Psalm 16, verse 7. Why don't you turn there? David, uh, who wrote the book of Psalms, if you really ever want to know a little bit more specifically about God... Read through the book of Psalms because so many times David, is, he writes about himself for a while and his own stories and his own experiences, and then he's like he has to stop and just start writing about God some more because he's so awesome and because he had such a great relationship with him. And so, so much of what we see when we see God described, we see it in the book of Psalms. He says right here, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel Everybody say counsel. Council. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reigns also instruct me in the night seasons. Psalms 32 and 8, he says, uh, this is the Lord now speaking. David says that the Lord says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Anybody want the Lord to be your guide? Amen. The Lord to be your instructor. Teach thee. I will teach thee the way that you shall go. You're going you're to go one way or another throughout this life. Every day that you're alive here on the earth, you're moving in a direction. The Lord says, I would instruct you. In the way that you should go. You know you can live a day. God forbid you ever try to find this out. But you can live a day. Without seeking the Lord's instruction. I guess I could admit. It's true from experience. Because there's probably been. A day in my life. Where I went that whole day. And I didn't seek the Lord. I didn't seek his instruction. I woke up. Not because. Because. Oh, the Lord spoke, Brother Caleb, arise from thy slumber. No, it's more like ding, 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 ding. It's an iPhone. Okay. Set the alarm off. What do I got to do today? I got to go to work. Okay, let's get ready. Let's go to work. What time do I got to be there? Okay, I got to get up at this time, get ready at this time, get out the door at this time, get there, do all the responsibilities that I've got to do for that day. Okay, it's time to punch out. Let's go home. What's waiting for me at home? More responsibilities, more things to do. I could do this. If I can do that for one day, how much easier is it? Well, tomorrow's another day. I've got to do this again tomorrow. I mean, maybe it's only Tuesday, and I'm two days into the week, and I'm thinking about what all's got to get done that week. You see how easy it is, and it's possible to go throughout a day without Seeking the Lord's instruction. I mean, we, we kind of, we reserve Sunday as like the holy day, right? Like, oh, we can't make it through a Sunday without the Lord. Yeah, but how easy is it to make six other days of the week if you, if you don't want to seek the Lord? But this is, this is. David's recording words that the Lord has spoken to him when he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. That's the way it ought to be every day. Even if it's a, just a normal work day for me and I still set my alarm and I got to get up. I got to go to work and do my responsibilities, go home and do what, whatever those things are. I still have the choice. Am I going to do this on my own or am I going to do this with the instructing and the guiding of the Lord? He said it in, in uh, the previous verse I will, the Lord has given me counsel and instruct me in the night seasons. He wants to, the Lord wants to lead us. I'll show you just a quick. Um, A quick passage, 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 6. If you follow down the lineage of David, you get to this guy named Rehoboam, who was one of his descendants and took over the throne of Israel for a little while. And unlike his forefather, David, this is what it says about. Rehoboam. So 1 Kings 12 and 6. King Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived and said, How do you advise that I may answer the people? Go to verse 8. But he forsook the counsel of the old men which they had given. And he consulted with the young men that were grown up with him, which stood before him. Verse 9, he said to them, What counsel give ye that we may answer this people who have spoken to me? They came to him and said, King, the old men, they counseled him and said, King Rehoboam, these people, those that are in, that are enslaved to you, those that work in your kingdom, they've got a, a, a tight workload. Maybe we ought to lighten up on them a little bit. In fact, if you do that, it's kind of a a strategy. You make life easier for them, they'll return more favor to you. They'll enjoy that more. They'll appreciate you. But he says, ah, that's, that's what you say. Let me go ask my my own folks, my age, the ones that grew up with me, they've been cheering for me to become king for a long time. And now that I'm here, it's kind of like my entourage. Let's go see what they have to say about it. And they, he consults with them and they say, ah, don't listen to those old guys. Do it, do it the opposite way. Make life harder on your servants. Make that yoke of bondage tighter, not easier. So, what do we see here? We saw he did not seek the Lord for sure, and he didn't even listen to the counsel of the wise that were around him. Instead, he sought counsel from an ungodly source. He sought counsel. What does that have to do with today? <laughs> You Think of that word source for just a moment. It, you know, when we talk Bible, we think, well, that's, that's so many thousands of years ago and, and things weren't like it is today. Okay, but let's think about a source for a second. What does it mean to seek counsel or to counsel a source in 2023? Here's a lot of what it looks like. Google. Hmm. What should I do? What am I doing? I'm seeking counsel. That's my source. It's so much easier today to seek any counsel from any source that you want. You mean, we we think Rehoboam, oh, let's give him a hard time because he went to his friends. What if he had Facebook? I wonder. He would have, the, the friends seeking would have grown exponentially. Put a poll out. Put a survey out. People of my kingdom. What do you think I should do as king? A. Option A. Click A if you think I should lighten the load. Option B. You see how... We want to disconnect the past. We want to disconnect the lessons that the Lord could teach us through Scripture because we think they don't necessarily apply today. Trust me, you are seeking counsel all throughout your day. You are plugged into sources all throughout your day. And you have a choice. Is it going to be a godly source? Is it going to be God himself? Or is it going to be the thoughts and the attitudes and mindsets and opinions of ungodly sources? Help us, Jesus. Psalms 24, verse 8. Back to David. He says, Who is this King of glory? He asks the question and then he answers the question himself. Who is this King of glory? The Lord. Everybody say the Lord. Lord. The Lord. And then he describes him with two words here the Lord, strong and mighty. Who is the King of glory? The Lord. The Lord strong, the Lord mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Somebody say mighty. Mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. The Lord strong and mighty. That's who God is. That's who David knew God is. When we see this word, Mighty. Ah, oh, just gotta—you gotta read it. Go to First Samuel chapter seventeen, verse fifty-one. I know I'm going a lot around the scripture, but I'm, I'm getting somewhere. If you'll hang with me, we've talked about how marvelous, extraordinary the Lord is. We've talked about how He's a wise counselor. He's the one that gives wisdom because He knows and and he provides the source of wisdom that we need this says david said who's the king of glory the lord strong and mighty this 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 verse first 1 samuel 1751 there's a word in here that also means mighty the way that david describes the lord david knows something about mighty <laughs> david knows something about battle strong and mighty, mighty in battle. It says, Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him and cut off his head therewith. When the Philistines saw their champion, everybody say champion, That word is mighty. When the Philistines saw their mighty, when the Philistines saw their strong in battle, their champion, everybody say champion. Champion. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Muerto, yes. When they saw he was dead, a champion's not supposed to die. A mighty one doesn't get his head cut off. <laughs> so David, the one that gave that blow, can say, let me tell you about strong and mighty. It's not me. I'm just a little guy. But the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle he is the champion he is the champion who dares (laughs) i can just imagine david who out there thinks i mean what person would get it in i don't care how tall he is he's human right what person would get it in their mind that they have any power Against the Lord strong and mighty. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Let's go to Psalms 10, 16. I told you, you want to know about the lord read the book of psalms i mean david had to know the lord and not just in his later years not just in his old kingly years no he got to those years because he already knew the lord he already knew the Lord was strong. The Lord was mighty. The Lord does wondrous works. He knew all of these things. Here's what he says. Psalms ten sixteen. The Lord. Everybody say the Lord. The Lord, the Lord is king forever. Somebody say forever. forever. The Lord is king forever and ever. The heathen are perished. Hang on, we're not quite done with this verse. The heathen are perished, where? From their land? From his land. The heathen, that means the person that doesn't know the Lord. The person that doesn't serve God. The person that doesn't recognize who he is and seek him as their counsel. Seek him as the wise one, the ruler. The heathen... Are perished out of his land. If the, you've heard this, I know you've heard this many times, but the king has a kingdom, a place where he reigns, a place where he is allowed to be king. And he's saying, the Lord, he's king and he's king forever and he's got a land. He's got a place, a physical, geographical location called the earth. All of the earth is his and the fullness thereof. So a heathen that's not his, he can be here for a little while. But he's going to perish if you don't... (laughs) If you don't know what it means to perish, just whenever you leave here today, at some point, if you go by and you get some lunch or some food items, buy an extra meal and just leave it in your car. You'll find out what it means to perish. What is that? Yeah, if you leave it there, if you, if you just, okay, uh, McDonald's, Bag right here. The burger and the fries. I don't know. You might have seen this. Those fries, they last a while. (laughs) A lot longer than that burger, I promise you. You ever had a kid? Is it safe to eat this? What's going to happen, though? If I say that car is the example of the kingdom of God, and whatever goes in there, If it stays and it's not properly maintained and taken care of, it's going to perish. You probably heard this term, non-perishable food items. Well, a perishable food item is one that you don't want to eat it after a couple of hours, a couple of days, the longer time goes on. So now zoom out of the car in the food scenario and just say all the world, all the earth belongs to the king. And what's on here is going to perish. The heathen is going to perish. The Lord is king forever and ever. And those things that are his are forever." and ever. What he takes care of, what he maintains, it's not going to perish. It's eternal like he's eternal. But those things, no, I'm good, Lord. I don't need your word in my life. I don't need your instruction. I don't need your guidance. I'm good. You might be good for now, but look at somebody and say, you're a perishable food item. Thank God you don't smell like it. (laughs) The Lord is king forever and ever. A couple of more verses. Psalms 45 and 6. He says, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Thy throne is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Psalm 48, 14, for this God is our God forever and ever. We started in that book of Exodus, who's like the Lord among all other gods? There's not one. There's not another God that's forever and ever. I don't know. I I haven't done enough study on this to, to really examine it thoroughly, but I'll just put the idea out there. Take whatever ancient religion you might want to take. It's been around a long time. A long time. Well, you know what? It hasn't been more than a couple thousand years at most. Why? Because it was invented by a man. A human decided... Oh, I'm going to worship this thing. I'm going to set up this idol. I'm going to give him a name. I'm going to give him a whole set of of rules and and theology. And and man, we're going to have this thing. And he, I'm sorry, but 3,000 years old doesn't sound very old in the light of an eternal God whose throne is forever and ever. This is our God. This is our God. Forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. I'm going to take you back one more time to a verse that I read earlier. Psalm 24 and 8. It says, Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong strong. And mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. There's a reason. There's a reason I walked you through these scriptures in this order today. As I was praying through this just yesterday. It can change the way that you pray. It can change the way that you approach the Lord. I'll be honest with you. It can give you things to pray. I know sometimes we just, we think, well, it's time to pray. Let me uh, think of something. Well, <laughs> I'm going to tell on myself for a minute here. This is just a joke, okay? I don't want anybody to get offended. This is just a joke. But I was talking with somebody. It was actually Brother Mark Kendrick over from the Puyallup area, and uh we were uh, This idea of chat GPT has been thrown out there to me and it's on my radar so I'm starting to learn about it a little bit. I don't, if you don't know what that is, uh, forgive me if, if I open a can of worms. But basically it's, a, it's an app that's a, an AI app. You can talk to it, it can go and research things, it's kind of like Google on steroids. I mean, it just, it's information all the time. And it's, so I was pulling that up. I was talking to Brother Mark about this. And I said, wow, this is just, this is so amazing. He said, tell it to write you a sermon from John chapter 14 in the voice of a 1950s Pentecostal preacher. And I did, and it did. And I'm not going to take the time and amuse you with it today. It's amusing. It's, about, it's amusing and scary. But it's there. And, uh, wow, it's there. I, I said, uh, here's the joke I'm getting to. I told Brother Mark, you know, what I need to tell it to do is write my early morning prayer script. <laughs> That's a joke. But I did for fun, and it it put something out there. It's, it's one of those, like, you know, yeah, I won't go there. It's not something I would pray. It's something somebody would pray, probably. Somebody that maybe doesn't know the Lord. Just saying. But what these scriptures that we see today give us is... Understanding and something to pray, a way to pray, direction to pray with understanding. How many of you have heard Matthew chapter six where it says, our father, which are in heaven, hallowed be that you probably heard that by now. I've used that in prayer and it helps me. I like it. I, I feel like I've fellowshiped with the Lord with understanding when I pray, not just reciting the words, but I pray and I think, our Father, wow, what does that mean? Our Father, who art in heaven, wow, what does that mean? You really are. Hallowed be thy name. Yeah, I can pray about that for a good long while. I'm not talking about this so I can fulfill time, but so I can get to know and understand the Lord and fellowship with him in truth. Somebody say truth. Isaiah 9 and 6. I'm just going to add another one for you. It's what we've talked about today. I said I wanted to tell you about God, talk about Him, describe Him a little bit through the Scripture. That's what this verse does. Isaiah writing this verse in prophecy, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon His shoulder, and His name, somebody say His name, shall be called wonderful. That's marvelous. That's extraordinary. That's hard to figure out how he does what he does. Lord, you're wonderful. Counselor. Not the kind that Rehoboam sought. Not an ungodly source. But he is counselor. You know another word for that? Not just like, oh, hmm, I wonder what I should do today. Let me ask God what I should do. Oh, let's consult him. No, it's not a consultant. What do you do with, you, with a consultant? You pay him a little bit. They give you some advice and you can follow it or not follow it. He's not a consultant. He's the counselor and he will guide, instruct, and teach Through his counsel. But you know what else he will do? He will take care of. He will take care of as a counselor. He's extraordinary and he takes care of you. The mighty God. The mighty God. Somebody say mighty. Mighty. The champion. The champion. The one that doesn't lose. The one who is strong enough to win every battle. I I, I put this in my notes. I felt the Lord help me with this. And every time I hear this, I'm trying to understand a little bit more of this. About this idea of the mighty God. Because it's not it's not really there for distinction. Like, which God? The mighty God. No, it's there not for distinction, but for description. There's enough of you I know in here that speak Spanish, and maybe you can stay with me for just a moment, because in Spanish, what do the letters E-L mean? L. Somebody translate that for me. The. The. Now, stay with me, because I'm jumping outside of Scripture to go Spanish for a minute. Because in Spanish, El is thee. In Hebrew, El is not the, it's God. El Ohim. God. El Shaddai. God. Not the Him. The Shaddai. No, it's God Shaddai. Here it is El Gibor. God mighty. Gibor is mighty. So it's a description of who he is. It's the same El Gibor that David knew and wrote about. God might who is this King of Glory? El Gibor, the Lord God mighty, the one that can win every battle. The everlasting Father. David said it multiple times over. Our God is forever. His throne is forever. He reigns forever. I'm not even trying to go down this whole road of how a child can be called a father. That's a different story for a different day. It's true. And it's in there because the scripture says a child is born and you will call him everlasting father. What kind of sense does that make? Well, it makes perfect sense when you understand the deity of the God that's in that child, that son that's born to us. But even, even greater than just the fact that he's God, the father, in that child, he's everlasting Forever, from eternity to eternity. God, everlasting Father, and then this last one, the Prince of Peace. I'll just be honest with you. When I hear, as I've heard that term so many times throughout my life. It's almost like I hear it and it gives me the warm fuzzies. <laughs> prince of Peace. Okay, I don't. I really don't know what that means, but it sounds good. He's a prince. Okay, he's he's royalty. That's good. He's peace. Yeah, peace. He talks to storms and he makes them calm down. That's good. Uh, It's almost like, here you go, this is Prince of Peace. Thanks, I'll put that in my pocket, and then I'll maybe just try to remember that and use it sometime. (sighs) What it really means. If you look up prince right there, that word prince, all throughout the Old Testament, it is talking about military leadership. The princes of this nation. The princes... The commanders, not like, oh, the little young guy with a robe that sits in the palace and doesn't do anything. Not that kind of prince. I know you've heard, most of you have heard about uh, Daniel when he says, I came, uh, the angel says, I'm coming to you, but the prince of Persia withstood me. That's what it really means. That's what this kind of prince is talking about. But if he is a commander, a leader, a a military type of leader, but instead of war, instead of battles, he's the commander, the military leader of peace. What does that mean? First of all, it means if you go to fight against him, you're going to lose because he really doesn't fight. He just is peace. You can't (laughs) you you cannot fight somebody that will just win. Not even like fight I know uh, Jacob he wrestled with the angel and that was and that was a kind of a an idea of the Lord. But do you really think the angel could not have just been like... (laughs) You really think it was an equal struggle? So the Lord, if I use that example, He'll let you fight. He'll let you struggle. He'll struggle against you. If that's where the struggle is... But he's not like so weak like he's arm wrestling and he's back and forth. And I might win. I might not. No. He is a commander of peace. He's really the one who commands peace. Why don't you stand with me? I'm almost done. If he commands peace. If he is a prince, a, a, the Hebrew word there is czar, S-A-R, czar. If he is a czar of peace, there has never been an earthly kingdom, an earthly nation that we could say, well, this is kind of like the Lord. Why? Because every nation in history has had wins and losses. Their day in the sun, and then their fall. That's, that's human. That's earthly. The Lord, He is just peace. He's the one who wins with peace. Every time. Somebody say every time. What that tells me is, if there is not peace, he's not in charge. He's not allowed to command if there's not peace. If there is peace, it's only because he is in charge. He is in command. Would you close your eyes with me? I just want to, I, I want to give you these words again quickly as my understanding in this scripture to help us pray. Extraordinary caretaker, the God mighty to prevail, father of his country forever, he who commands peace, That's what it means when the scripture says wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Come on. Would you just close your eyes and fellowship with him for a moment here? You are good, Jesus. You are awesome, Jesus. You are mighty, God. You are mighty, God. You've done wondrous works. You've done marvelous works, God. You've done that which is beyond our comprehension, God, that which is beyond our understanding. You are extraordinary yet perfect in all of your ways, God. Your ways, your thoughts, they are above ours, Lord Jesus. God, you've been there all along from the very beginning, Jesus, you don't know time, God, as we know it. You're not confined to it as we are, Lord. Your thoughts are far above our own. Jesus, your thoughts are far above our own. You relate to us, God, in ways unimaginable to us. You relate to us in ways, God, that are beyond our comprehension,